Oh, guys, we messed up. Aww. We should have um, picked Monsters, Inc., you know, for the best musical of all time. Put that thing where it came from, so help me, so help me. Put that thing where it came from, so help me, so help me. That's a good movie musical. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Jake, that's a pretty funny joke you just made. Thanks. Look, man. <laughs> Did you wait? Wait, did you did you just make his compliment to me? Yes, you bastards. I'm not taking Sorry credit if for I it. I sound wonky, everybody. I uh, I'm in a smaller closet than usual, and I have one of my shirts dangling <laughs> across my face. Actually, so I have no gauge. Your your sound isolation should be better than it's ever been in theory. Yeah, but it's me we're talking about. I'm probably <laughs> holding the mic upside down or some shit. Uh, probably. <laughs> All right. Hello and welcome back. If you've been with us before, we're the Tough Gut Podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Alex. And I'm Jake. And this is episode 24, part three of our movie musical bracket. Coming at you today, we've got <laughs> Mamma Mia versus Les Mis. And in the second half of the episode, we've got the producers versus the road to El Dorado. Yeah. Should be a lot of fun. If you say so. Yeah. I'm kidding. It'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, well, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. Wait, I want to write a note. Matthew always wants to write a note. Ominous note time. You guys, you guys never know this, but Matthew writes a lot of notes. We give him at least an hour per recording to write out notes. I gotta write notes. We have to slot an extra hour of time. Yeah. And he always insists it be in the episode, but luckily enough, Alex has been <laughs> editing lately, and he's been taking out the extra hour, so you're welcome, audience. True, true. Well, and then he never shares what the notes are. He's just like, ooh, gotta write down a note. Or you could demand the Matthew cut. <laughs> Well, we'll get to it later. Demand the Matthew cut. Demand the Matthew cut. Uh, if these movies, the, we're going to be spoiling these movies if we haven't already. Ah. So if this is the first episode you're watching, this will be kind of confusing. Uh, I'm g- give another heartbreaking spoiler right now so they know we're serious. <laughs> Spoil a movie. Um, Spoil a movie right now. Uh, there's a there's a there's a troll in the bathrooms and in, in the first Harry Potter. Holy shit. There are were warned. You were warned, audience. <laughs> and now you feel silly because you really were finally going to watch the Harry Potters. Everyone's been talking about it your whole life. And you're like, I'm going to sit down. You finally got the resolve. You rented it on Amazon Prime. You were ready to sit down and watch Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And now you don't have to. Because now you know there's a troll in the bathroom. <laughs> With that, we'll hop into the first of our matchups here. Let's do it. I can start since I have three movies to introduce today. Okay, flex. I like it. A little bit of a flex. A little bit. I'm a little proud. Although, of course, this is the bracket where you guys are like, we picked bad movies and my three movies moved on. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. Um, (laughs) Mamma Mia. I was proud of Tenacious D, okay? (laughs) (laughs) And it was struck down like a common peasant. (laughs) It was smote. Yes. um, Mamma Mia. It should have been. Um, Mamma Mia. (laughs) Uh, what an incredible movie, guys. It's the Greek island adventure. Uh, little baby Sophie girl is getting married and her mom uh, wants her to, but doesn't want her to, just wants her daughter to be happy. Uh, filled with plenty of celebrities, most of which can sing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and all the music is ABBA. What? So much fun. 
Yeah. Love this movie. Cool. And it's going up against Les Miserables. <laughs> 2012. <laughs> Tom Hooper. It's chock filled with celebrities. Most of them can sing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's about Jean Valjean, played by Hugh Jackman. Uh, you know, he was arrested. He was doing crime for stealing bread. He got out after trying to escape many times. He finally got out. Uh, and he has a kid now that he's watching because um, Anne Hathaway died. And it's during the, one of the French revolutions. There's, pick, pick your choice. There's a lot. And uh, they start yelling and screaming about it. <laughs> and there's this revolution. Incredible. Incredible. I, I've realized that I'm bad at defending movies. I, I <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I have a big important question for you, Jake. Yeah. Because this just came into my mind. And I've realized it ruins the whole movie for me. Jean Valjean gets arrested for stealing a loaf of bread, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes me really mad that he says bread and not baguette. <laughs> right. Right. Um, you know, that was Hugh Jackman's choice. And uh, they were really scared <laughs> of him on set because that's like, you know. Due to the the sort of live performance angle they tried to record everything with. So the music and the actors kind of have to respond to each other he went off the record said bread instead of baguette and there was literally nothing they can do he did a lot of improvising also russell crowe can't um <laughs> russell crowe can't pronounce baguette yeah he wasn't singing yeah it's Bonjour. a whole thing <laughs> bagout uh, damn it <laughs> stealing a loaf of bajout <laughs> Oh, what if he chose to have a really awful French accent instead? What if, like, <laughs> what if, <laughs> I surrender? No, you don't. Oh, and this, I swear to buy these stars. Anyway, that's my French great, accent. Great, great French jokes. We, this is the material you get it uh, early in the morning, gang. So, what I want to start things off with. I guess follow that up with. Yeah, please do. Is the battle of the bad Russell Crowe versus Pierce Brosnan. Who does it better? Mm, Who mm. does it worse? And what is better? Um, So (laughs) I think Russell Crowe is more famously bad for what that's worth. Uh, like people like you know passing judgment about Pierce Bronson, but like you know when I when I do the voice, they're like that's that's Russell Crowe in Les Mis, that's yeah. Javert. But I will say he delivered like a good performance. He just couldn't sing like the <laughs> acting he did, like when like uh, Gavroche, the little little boy, died. You know, let all people know, bang. Um, yeah, it was fucking cool. It was fucking metal. Uh, but like, you know, that scene at the end where like he like sees the kid and like he pins his own badge like to him. I like I think he did a good job acting wise in the movie. He's a, a good actor, yes. Yeah. Um, he won an Oscar. <laughs> Has Pierce Brosnan won an Oscar? I don't know. So here's here's what I think. And I think it comes down to they're both bad. But Whoa. does the bad singing I think the bad singing undermines Russell Crowe more than it does Pierce Brosnan because Russell Crowe's role is incredibly serious. <laughs> and Pierce Brosnan's is 
pretty funny. You know, like it's like the main love interest for Donna, but it's also like such a funny, absurd movie. Like the whole thing is a Greek like comedy drama, tragedy. you know, like they (laughs) like the whole movie. This is something I wanted to get into for Mamma Mia. The whole thing, like they have an actual Greek chorus. I just think it's so hysterical. There are so many weird tie-ins to like ancient Greek theater that this movie does. It's like Greek farce. It's I think it's hysterical. Hmm. Um, and so I think Pierce Brosnan's bad singing undermines the movie less than Russell Crowe's does. Hmm. And on the other side, Les Mis got a lot of France in it. This is true. <laughs> And it is like the projected design is remarkable and stellar, especially from like stage to screen, which isn't something like I don't think because of our picks, we haven't gone to really dive into that a lot uh, because we've had a lot of things that like weren't on stage before. Yes. But like, (laughs) yes, we have. (laughs) Um, But I think it is an important thing because like if they're adapting a musical like that's a that's a feat uh, in and of itself. And I think Les Mis genuinely like for bringing the stage to life, they do a remarkable job at doing that. I think interestingly, it's going up against Mamma Mia, which does yeah. the same thing. Like it, yeah. it creates those it has those beautiful Greek island vistas like you really feel like you are in a Greek island doing For that. me, Mamma Mia feels like it's a bunch of actors having fun on vacation. But yeah, but like, you're still like in that Greek, you know, like when you watch it, I feel like I'm on that Greek island with them, you know, because you can like, I feel like I'm part of the fun. So when mm. Javert's standing on that ledge and you're like, is he going to jump? <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, he does it the I'm, first time. I'm part of the fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I'm just hanging out. I think the 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 soldiers like that feels like fun, where they're like red the blood of angry man black right the soldiers in in Mamma Mia before the war yeah yeah you imagine if Mamma Mia just turned into a war movie what a time that would be yeah I don't think most of them would would come out the other side the same not Pierce Brosnan <laughs> <laughs> he went ooh we ha in the car he's not. <laughs> He's not killing anybody in cold blood. <laughs> but anyway, Matthew, your thoughts? Um, what piece am I am I commenting on? My original Battle of the Bad, or <laughs> whatever, you, whatever you, you want. We're, we're playing fast and loose today. Yeah, we are. Um, so to throw out a couple of thoughts: one, Battle of the Bad piece. I think I kind of fall in between the two of you of I think musically Pierce Brosnan (laughs) undermines less. However, Russell Crowe as Javert literally turns so funny. Um, (laughs) I genuinely enjoy watching his awful singing, whereas Pierce Brosnan, I'm like, okay, yeah. That that's what it is for me. I think now. Nice. Okay, let's get to the other per- the other person in this uh, that sings this song. Let's get to their part. Yeah. 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 So because like, how do you think it went? Like, how do you think it went? They're like past this movie. Everyone's like thinking we're like really excited first day. The first time Russell Crowe opens his mouth, <laughs> and he sounds like that. How do you think Tom Hooper literally went to his trailer? The director just like threw everything on the ground and just like had a full on 
I I like to imagine there's so many other like classically trained, talented musicians in Les Mis. And they're all like, I didn't know Russell Crowe could sing. They're like talking to each other. They're kind of like in the inside loop with each other. And the first time he opens his mouth, they're just like, we cast him. I would love to be there for that. Have you guys seen like the fan, the fan? I mean, probably not, but like, you know, the argument that Tom, like, didn't, like, cast someone who could sing well because Javert, like, probably wouldn't, like, as a character, in character, wouldn't sing as, like, classically Ugh. trained or some bullshit. I mean, you know what I would mean? any of so these dumb. people <laughs> sing like they were classically <laughs> trained? They're, like, yeah, I think, peasants, uh, beggars, and prisoners. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, Amanda yeah. Seyfried's character, Seyfried? Seyfried? Cosette? Like, she maybe yeah. be able to sing. Like, she's, you know, uh, uh, becomes the, the daughter of someone somewhat well-to-do. Like, Was that the Star Wars song? Um, I just, I have to throw out there, uh, an, an audience member reached out to me. Oh, wow. That's so nice. Um, And they were, I dare say, furious. What? They were... They were uh, enraged because we praised Tom Hooper and his production design and direction uh, when this is directly what led to him being able to create Cats the way that it was. Mm. They're enraged at a different movie. I agree with the audience member to the point of it allowed the creation of Cats, but I'm mad because it allowed the creation of uh, the the cut, the Okay, this is this has become a mess of a sentence. I'm gonna start it over. That's what I was trying to yeah. get to. Okay, 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 okay. Sorry, I say that. I, I agree with that audience member in the capacity of Les Mis allowed the universe to exist where they made the butthole cut and then had to remove the buttholes, you know? But that's society, yeah. you know, that's studio meddling. That's not Tom. Tom fought for that. You know what? I I think that comes back to Russell Crowe. I think if Russell Crowe had been a better singer and Les Mis had been less of a joke, the butthole cut would have been legitimate. Les Mis wasn't like people enjoyed Les Mis. It, like got like Oscar, like just because this one part is me, people really enjoyed <laughs> yep. this movie. Damn it! <laughs> Including Whoa, me, I Jake, love this. Are you movie. already forgetting? You guys. You're, you're 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 pushing me away. <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm not forgetting. I was pushing Jake, Alex I, away, not I you. Voted. Jake, Jake, I'm the one who voted for Les Mis. I got Les Mis yeah, here. And you guys also got Mamma yeah, Mia here, okay? Look. I get it. You guys <laughs> form a little coalition against Matthew's yeah. movies over the course of these last two brackets. Is that what happened here? <laughs> no. No, no you I, I promise a you I did chat. not. I promise you. <laughs> I'm the swing voter now. Uh, no. <laughs> so the the other piece of the comment that I wanted to make was we were talking differences in production design and things like that from stage to screen because both of these stage to screen. I think Mamma Mia feels more like a movie, whereas as you know, you kind of said, Jake, uh, Les Mis is trying much harder to be a faithful adaptation of what you see on stage, which I mean, I've said before when we talked about the producers that I think a movie musical should try to take advantage of film, which interestingly um, we talked about this a little bit when we first spoke about Les Mis, it does in some capacities because it shows you other perspectives on, on these grand sets that you otherwise wouldn't be able to see of the stage um, and like, which the, is yeah. kind of 
you know, it is kind of a cool incorporation. Well, I think it's like a blend. Like, that's why I think Les Mis is so interesting and why it was so interesting it came out because, yeah, they could have shot it more like a movie and all that, but they chose to do different things to make it still feel like the stage, but all like a, a better version of it. Like, it wasn't just like what Hamilton did and literally just recorded the stage and called it yeah. a movie and got it nominated. Like, it wasn't that. It was, it, it is a film. It did take advantage of those things. Um, it just did other things on top of that to try to blend stage and screen. And I thought that was mm-hmm. like really inventive and hadn't been done before Yeah. Um, in a really interesting way. Yeah, I think honestly, similarly, I think Mamma Mia, what it uses film for is to create these, I guess, in my mind, iconic like <laughs> pictures on the screen. Like, can I um, ask a little piece on that? Iconic because they're from like iconic images from the stage adaptation i've never seen mamma mia on stage or or you just mean iconic in general i think in my mind iconic in general because i have seen a stage production of mamma mia it wasn't the broadway one so i don't know if they directly pulled pictures from that the stage production that i saw of mamma mia was very bad (laughs) it was Um, just me on the side of the street doing a one man play of mamma mia it was at a dinner theater and i think i saw their like second cast for it and it was really not good Um, but so like in my mind, the movie creates its own like iconic pictures, like the fountain at the end Mm -hmm. or like the stairs that she's walking up to the wedding or like the dock scene where they're jumping into the water. Like to me, those are things that they could not do on stage that they were able to do because it was a movie and they could actually change locations Mm -hmm. and have water and all this stuff. You can't have Javert throwing himself off that bridge unless it's a movie and you hear that crunch. Actually... You can you could you can throw people off a bridge in a stage play. We did in my middle middle school adaptation of. Um, Do you kill a person on stage? <laughs> no, no. Um, and, you uh, kill chickens. You did like come on. A middle school adaptation of Oliver. Bill Sykes falls off a bridge, which I have now just spoiled Oliver. <laughs> Hell yeah! We warned you, audience. We you thought we weren't serious. Now you know about the trolls in the bathroom and the end of Oliver. <laughs> Um, God, which that can, one fan who's going to listen to this is going to be so wait, upset. Guys, we didn't, we did a spoiler warning for movies. We didn't do a spoiler warning for stage productions of Oliver. Damn. Oh, let, audience, audience, we let you down. I'm, I'm so sorry. Holy shit. I'll see if I can find my recorded copy of our middle school adaptation of Oliver. Um, and I'll tweet the that? scene of, uh, <laughs> Do you have, can we Sykes just tweet dying. unprompted like no nothing else just tweet uh, <laughs> I, I, I will have to see if i still have it um that'd be fantastic yeah it's me as uh mr brownlow the only major character who doesn't sing isn't that weird guys <laughs> that feels like your energy yeah isn't uh, that weird <laughs> wow Ugh. there is nothing on earth that we share all right uh, i'm so caught up with pierce brosnan <laughs> and russell crowe because that would be me i can't yeah. say you are the pierce brosnan or russell crowe of these movies it's crazy because these two movies like i genuinely do love both these movies um if i didn't make that clear that i, I love baba bia i really do um <laughs> but it's so crazy because like one is like fun incarnate and the other's like depressing Very a little heavy. bit. Uh, it's heavy, except for Master of the House. Well, yeah, which is again a great song. I think they blend and they do have a lot of fun in Les Mis, but it's wild how like you know 
Yeah, it's a much is, more a much more dour, much more serious tone, rather than like a drama. You know, mm-hmm. the fun kind good. of drama, the one yeah, where people yeah. die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the that's one a, where little kids get shot. That's a, that, that was a, that was a little joke. It was just little a French joke to boy. you, but I'm dead now. Because yeah. he has that strong British accent for some reason. Because everyone yeah. in America thinks that all of Europeans just have British accents when they speak in English. You know that guy's actually British. That kid. I mean, well, that's just yeah, how he talks. yeah. But I mean, they just cast a bunch of British people. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Let that's all people know. Cool. All people. <laughs> Look at my. But we got some boy. See, if it had been in a French accent, lit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got it. You got it. Little people, no. Little people, no. <laughs> Little people, no. <laughs> That's gonna break me. I'm gonna think about that in my dreams tonight. I hope you do. Dream of me. Ooh. Dream of me. Wait, Alex, did you listen to all the songs on 0.5 speed like you said you would? I didn't. I'm a liar. Damn. You imagine? I let you down, guys. I'm sorry. Fine. Um, <sighs> we forgive I you. I carved out those eight hours for you. I cleared your schedule and everything. I'm Alex's assistant, if you guys didn't know. Um, <laughs> I planned everything out for him. I'm actually very it's lucky true. he lets me do this podcast with him. Uh, it's my form of payment, <laughs> he told me. Yeah, this is how I pay Jake for being my assistant. <laughs> you can join us Jake, on the if podcast. You vote, if you don't vote for Mamma Mia, you're fired. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke. I wouldn't fire Jake not for voting for Mamma Mia. And besides, we all know... After that poll for who put Sonic in the bracket and you guys were asked to leave the podcast, you're only here as extended guests now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we're, Matt's, just, we're Matt's guests. Matthew keeps inviting us back for being guests. And it's real nice. I think uh, we have good chemistry. Does that mean I can say no? Does that mean I don't have to show up next week? <laughs> you can. You just technically you have to let me know a month in advance. So oh, shit. <laughs> it would be uh, four episodes from now that you would be showing up How, for. This is derailed. Alex is going to listen like <laughs> this is nothing to do with anything. Um, you guys ready to vote? It all in. Yeah, I'm ready to vote. Um, I feel like I'm not, which is arguably kind of important. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any other questions for us, Matt? Because it's kind of clear where we both lie. Yeah. Um. Okay. I'll lay on you guys what I think are my most serious critiques of each film. Maybe. Oh, I don't know. We'll right. see how this okay. turns out. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And throw me a little defense. Try and win me over. <laughs> we could, I guess we'll start with with Les Mis. I'm ready. So for Les Mis, despite how innovative its production design is and their blending of like live music with live performance for their recording. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked about this last time that I think that the rough edges it resulted in were like a, a a big negative of like I get that it feels more like a live performance and it's really technically impressive, but I feel it came to a worse product. Like, how do you reconcile that with making a great movie musical? So I think unfortunately a lot of that is the the preference of it because I, I said it before. Like, genuinely, people enjoy this this uh, adaptation and like it did get a lot of praise when it came out. Um, upon separation, like, yeah, like. Mm-hmm you it feels different than than the others but i think that's why it lends itself to that i mean i can't speak on 
you enjoying it or thinking it's like worth off, unfortunately. But I do think because it played like more and it like risks more to do it, I think it does work in some capacities. And like that's kind of cool to make those comes risks. off as more authentic. Yeah. Um, okay. And I kind of like that. And like, you know, they, they didn't just focus on that, which I think is also important. Like there are still good parts that like benefit outside of that for the movie. You know, and like sometimes it did like Anne Hathaway, given that hell of a performance live and like how it felt like you were sitting there with her on stage. I thought that was very powerful and really cool. Hmm. But but yeah, so that's that's my defense on that. Sure, sure. Um, Throwing things the other direction towards Mamma Mia. Send it in. Um, I this is also something we kind of got into when we first talked about Mamma Mia. I feel like some of the renditions of the songs due to casting and maybe production pieces. I guess this this just feels more preference based, though, which I don't like because it like they feel more amateurish to me. Okay, And like that doesn't I don't know. I don't know. But as I like that feels more preference related than anything, because there are lots of people that love the versions like you, Alex. You love the versions from this movie. I prefer the movie versions. Yeah. Um. Whereas, like, if I was going to listen to any of the songs from this movie, I probably would never go to the movie soundtrack first. Yeah, I mean, all I can say is that I disagree because <laughs> I like the movie version. I think um, part of it is, and I actually, I think this harkens back to our Rocky Horror discussion. Because if you're listening to the songs, uh, the ABBA versions, you get the ABBA versions of the songs. If you listen to the movie, though, it is almost like it's the same kind of thing for me as, like, how seeing the shadow cast of Rocky is like an event and experience for me watching the movie Mamma Mia feels like an event and experience on its own. So like listening Hmm. to the music brings me back to the event, the experience of watching the movie, which I kind of think is a more fun kind of thing. And I think, yeah, I just, I think listening to the movie versions of the songs brings me to the feeling of watching the movie versus listening to just the ABBA songs doesn't put me there. Yeah. So there's like a, a different emotional resonance kind of going on in the versions. Right. Yeah. It's, it's less like the, I think this is a better version of the song and more like, I think this, this version of the song has a special feeling that it gives me. That's a really fair point because my favorite version of Mamma Mia is like a much more like <laughs> somber sort of take on it as like a breakup song. Hmm. Ah, okay. Yeah, we'll vote. We'll vote. It's been a long time since I've been like super torn during a vote. I've been so snappy with my votes uh, recently. (laughs) Well, I am voting for Mamma Mia. Yeah. And I'm going to solidify here voting for Les Mis. (laughs) It would be super funny, Jake, if you had just been. Yeah. And I'm solidifying. (laughs) I'm voting for Mamma Mia. (laughs) Just like. (laughs) (laughs) Mamma Mia. <laughs> totally say so fuck fun. you to your existential crisis. Uh, Matthew's doing the tactic where he's also voting at 0.5 speed. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to milk the best joke this podcast has ever had for everything it's got. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I already pulled the I'm voting for something not in the bracket joke. I can't do that again. <laughs> You did it twice last time. I don't know what's stopping you. Did I? Damn, yeah. that's crazy. You talked about Ghost Rider the Musical in our yeah. first vote, and then you sang about Ghost Rider the Musical in our second vote. Huh. That's pretty weird, dude. <laughs> 
I feel caught because it's one of the situations of I think my personal preference in the bracket vote and like what is a better movie musical differ. Mm. Yeah, I see what like, you mean. I, I, I think the process of watching one was better, but I think the other one fits the bracket more. And I guess for philosophical consistency, I've got to vote for the one I feel fits the bracket better. Um, it's what the Dark Knight died for. So, <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> that was in a final. I guess. I am going to vote for Les Miserables. Wow. I think I enjoyed Mamma Mia more, but I think from the perspective, uh, like it's hard for me to shake the sort of amateurish feeling of it's like people go to a place, have fun, whereas Les Mis feels like a much more grounded like production. (sighs) So, guys, are you telling me that Les Mis made it to the finals? I think so. Wow. Hell yeah, Which is Wow. I don't know. I feel kind of torn up on that one. I did not expect I, that. I, I truly do think that. I enjoyed. Ha! Hey, man. I mean, you said it already, but no, if you'd no, rather it's okay. change it, that's fine. I, I just, I enjoy Mamma Mia more. I just think Les Mis is a better musical. Yeah. So that brings us to the other side of the bracket where Alex, you've got some legwork to do explaining these two movies. Yeah, I do. I'm so excited. And who would have guessed? I didn't prep my descriptions of these movies at all. So and let's you get guys into the make producers. fun of me for writing notes. <laughs> uh, the producers. It came out in 2005. I think. Let me go check on that. Oh, God. I should have done some prep work. Yeah, 2005. The producers released in 2005 follows one experienced Broadway producer and one amateur as they try to get rich quick by uh, producing a surefire Broadway flop. And they pick a musical called Springtime for Hitler, and that's pretty funny. Uh, And that is going up against The Road to El Dorado. A zany little adventure movie, music by Elton John and so many other incredible musicians. Um, Jake somehow has no connection to any of the music in this movie, which is absolutely wild to me because I think it's so, so good. Two con men go to uh, Central America and end up finding uh, the Lost City of Gold. And it's pretty fun. Oh, I got we spoiled again. Nice. I think we should start spoiling more, honestly. We keep warning people and we tiptoe around it. Nah, give away There's a troll in the bathroom. (laughs) There's a troll in the bathroom. There's a troll in the bathroom of the Road to El Dorado. Um, It's a big action sequence. Nice. I've got things to talk about unless other people do. No, well, I just, I, I, these movies, I, (laughs) and like, like you said with like the music, uh, portion of Road to El Dorado, like the more I thought about it, and I was talking with people about these movies, just like whatever friends. And if we're doing best like movie musical, and like you know, I think recognition and stuff is important. I just I love that you picked it because like not a lot of people would think of that first, but also that like weighs in my thing where it's like if it's a mu- movie musical, like not a lot of people could think of those songs slash like think of that movie it's not like one that pops out i think just because a movie wasn't super popular doesn't make it like a good movie musical yeah, yeah. no absolutely i agree i just like i think at, at the very least the producers has a song that i know a lot of people know because of its ridiculousness but like road del dorado i just i still can't 
think of the music. And like that's, I feel like that's so crucial for a movie musical. Look, I have spent quite a bit of time since our last episode listening to music from these, the movies on this side of the bracket. And I just keep coming back to It's Tough to Be a God because that song <laughs> yeah, is so good. <laughs> Look, the 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 roguish arc to, like Rotel Dorado just comes together on so many things I really enjoy. <laughs> uh, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> it's true. The roguish archetypes, the desire to be rich, the uh <laughs> armadillo I'm, I'm stealing a horse from a Spanish conquistador. That's on my bucket list. <laughs> stealing a horse. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this movie just checks a lot of boxes for Matthew. <laughs> Both these movies just feel aggressively like okay mm. to me. So I feel like I so, need to be swayed either way. Something honestly. I want to throw out then. I don't, I don't know if this will. This might hurt. I don't know. We'll see. Um, something Wait, I is think Matt we- <laughs> the most decided on this on this matchup? Like, because I have I, no idea what I'm voting for. I love both these movies dearly. This is oh, very I, funny. I, I absolutely am. Um. That's something. really funny because he hated Will Ferrell so much. She's um, something I think we need to consider is how Road to El Dorado paints itself as a <laughs> blueprint for future DreamWorks movies. And I'm I'm saying this not just from the musical perspective, but from the movie and studio perspective. Like the the general setup of like the snarky animal companion um, in Altivo that we see later, like comes into form with characters like Donkey or Toothless. We have Chell as sort of the romantic interest initially introduced as a supporting character um, that parallels things like Astrid and Fiona. Like this movie to like, I think. would Okay. But her character was not, they, they tossed her aside, but we continue. can talk sorry, more about sorry. that too. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I just think it, it, paints the blueprint for so much of what DreamWorks would go on to do that like you have to respect that they like the way they felt out formula and they're like we can iterate on and improve this like Rotel Dorado walked so things like Shrek could run you know well that's a big statement okay. Matt. I stand by it. I stand by it. Big statement. Big statement. And I can see I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. This was also only the third movie that DreamWorks ever put out. What were the first two? It was what? Ants, the Prince of Egypt. And then the Road to El Dorado. Yeah. Which, Jesus, God, why didn't we pick the Prince of Egypt? I I think that's what's holding me so, so back for like this animated like movie musical. Cause like, sure, it is in technicalities, like characters sing, but they sing like twice or like three times and then like there are songs in it that are sung but they're kind of in the background and like i don't know the producers is like i said the songs go on for a bit too long for me and some of them come off like as intensely satirical but maybe not in a good way like the jokes don't land i think alex how he put it uh when we were compared to tenacious d like the humor is Yes, the jokes are trying to be satirical, so like you can quote unquote get away with it, but I just don't think they land as hard, so it feels like kind of icky sometimes. I don't know. I don't know. Someone else say something. It's very funny that Jake is split between these movies because he doesn't like them very much, and I'm split between these movies because I love them very much. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to avoid just talking about the Rodel Dorado by pitching a a piece of conversation to you guys. (laughs) Yeah. I think that there there is an interesting contrast um, between 
two principal male leads and then female supporting character. We've got, you know, mm. Chell and Ula. Oh, that's interesting. You know, I just think that they're they're paralleled in interesting ways and serve somewhat somewhat similar relationships with the the principal male leads. Yeah, they do. Because thinking about how like Shell is their introduction to Eldorado, like guides them a little bit in the beginning of. Mm-hmm. And Ula's like, hey, why don't we just steal the two mil and and, and get Audi? You know, she's a little conniving. Shell wants some gold for herself, too. Well, and like in a kind of icky way, Ula is like uh, Leo's like, this is what it's like to have a girlfriend as a producer, which is kind of an icky concept. But like, oh, I hadn't even thought about that way of like teaching, like learning what it's like to do the thing in like an icky way. But yeah, I mean, they Mm -hmm. do both kind of do that. I know. I think both female characters don't get really treated well in these movies. So something Uh, I I think you kind of need to reexamine with Chell's character is like the initial setup that's coming off as like helpless she's you know been framed for it they're coming like whatever coming for her posed as she is actually just as smart or smarter than miguel and tulio she's a absolutely she's a self-actualized character for sure in the beginning yeah but i feel like she doesn't get to do that in the second half of the movie like i love how they set her up i was like okay she's conniving she's do whatever but like then she just kisses the dude and like you you, you take it all the way to like the even the the uh i can't i unfortunately don't know the name of the sport but the ball game that they play like it is her quick thinking that has them win yeah like without chell there they lose and get executed you know like (laughs) and that happens in the last third of the movie yeah i guess that's fair i just uh, i just i guess i wish she did more slash more had the fight in the end like she just kind of ran and screamed you know yeah she she is a little absent in that last climactic bit that's true yeah it just felt like they didn't know what to do with her and i think i love her character so much because i like her i think more than Mm -hmm. ola but i just i just wish they did more with her which is i think fair i just i i want to at least call out that like they they sort of subtly frame her as definitely like can go toe to toe with their scheming which i love yeah yeah i just wanted her to go toe to toe in a bigger way (laughs) in a in a more ostentatious way you'd like people to be more aware that she's going toe to toe yeah well because it it feels like a cop out to be like yeah we had a strong female character but only if you pick it up (laughs) only if you pay attention have her be unabashedly it's like if you you pay attention to altivo in several scenes he makes (laughs) they make cutaways or background (laughs) remarks with him that are directed at the audience there are actually some hilarious moments with altivo i don't know if you guys noticed this watching when they like first are on the boat riding into El Dorado and they melt they like mouth El Dorado Altivo also mouths El Dorado as they like ride in it's so good look I stand by the fact that he is he Altivo you can see him responding to the non-diegetic music that's occurring like he's in on it with the audience that horse something's going on yeah and so fun I want to get to the bottom of it. What's he doing? Who who is El Tivo? <laughs> I think he's a demon. I think they actually died on mm. the storm and like this is their purgatory. <gasps> and uh Altivo's the guy. And then yeah. riding off into the sunset is uh them escaping purgatory going to heaven. Mm, hell. Yeah, yeah, they're they're but t- they are roguish <laughs> dudes. Probably hell. <laughs> yeah. I wish there was a sequel. I wish there was a shitty I wish bad there was sequel, a sequel so badly. 
here is another thing. Um, I, I, I did a little <laughs> reading on Rodel Dorado. It is an homage to the to the road series of movies. I didn't yeah. know that. Like the road to Singapore, the road to Hong Kong, et cetera, et cetera, with mm-hmm. uh, Bing Crosby, yeah, Bob yeah, yeah, Hope, yeah. and Dorothy Lamore. Like wow. very tongue in cheek, like the roguish, morally dubious leads. Um, one of them always consistently ends up with Dorothy. Like it, it is hugely an homage to that, which I haven't seen um, these other movies. But I was like, that's really interesting to me. That there was just like this very intentional reference that the creators, the road to El Dorado wanted to make Mm -hmm. for a generation of people that probably had never seen or heard of any of those other movies that I think is cool. DreamWorks is smart. I mean, animation, give give it credit like this is, you know, they take their time with their references and all that. And I think they they play off decently well. I think what my what big issue that I have with Road to El Dorado is I think I enjoy it as a like animated adventure, whatever movie, but as a movie musical, I just do not I just can't see it as hardcore matching up like that. So something that is wild to me. I just can't something I think is interesting in the comparison of these, especially from that perspective, because the producers is not only super classically a musical. It is a musical about musicals like they have like a very clear direct song like you you have this sort of archetypal creation, whereas the primary non diegetic song in the road del Dorado, it's tough to be a god doesn't fit any of those archetypes like it's not an I want song coming from your protagonist is the first thing they sing non diegetically. Like what's going Mm -hmm. on? That's crazy. It is instead like a song about the they're like, I don't know. Just like it changed their adventure it, and struggle. Yeah, exactly. Like it epitomizes their characters. Like they are these rogues and they're like, hey, let's just roll with it. Yeah. Which is interesting that you feel that it could challenge the uh, bracket in this way, but like challenging the bracket in the other way. It's because they're roguish. Because they're what, too roguish. What other men. way are you? What are you? Um, what are you referring to? In like the other conversation we had, the first half, where you're like, uh, I have to stick with the one that better matches the well, theme I, of the bracket. Where this I one think feels that like it's, the Road del Dorado to me is a movie musical is sort of the distinction. Yeah, I'm not saying it's it's not, but also I'm saying that it does also challenge those forms a little bit because yeah, their first non-diegetic song doesn't really fit the formula. They don't mm-hmm. sing too too much. The vast majority of the soundtrack um, is all non-diegetic, sung by Elton it is John. Like, it is a very <laughs> sung by Elton John, and it's like you're not delivering. Like I, it just can't stand as hmm. as like that I think to that's me. fair. I think um, that's fair. I think I just think there's so much cool stuff going on in the Rodel Dorado. Super. Yeah, I, <sighs> but they killed that scar guy. And I was really upset about that. The scar eye guy, the little guy that oh, was yeah. just doing his job with it the witch doctor. Body. And they killed him. <sighs> so good. That's a kick ass line. Also, the dude who got stomped <laughs> by that big jaguar thing and then stopped out again and like I'm okay I'm still okay no dude you're dead that was like one of those cheeky animated things they had to put in probably in post because they try to kill someone and they're like you have to say he's okay (laughs) okay two things one I took notes on that because he gets like chomped and then stomped I'm still okay hilarious I know we talked about this being a horny movie um, the opening song the road to El Dorado or just El Dorado actually I think I think the theme from El Dorado you see two armadillos fuck they go into a bush and a bunch of babies (laughs) run out this movie is horny through and through and i think it's all intentional i i now stand by the fact they knew what they were doing they wanted to use it and it's one of the reasons they make chell so like 
in charge of her sexuality. And it's one of the reasons why it's your favorite. So you went back to watch the Armadillo's fucking, you're like, no, fully in. I'm not voting for any other movie. I got what I wanted. I came, I saw, I conquered it. Am I right, fellas? Wow. Um, This is a little one. Um, They make a village people reference in the producers. Yeah. And uh, keep it gay. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, they come down in the dope. village people costumes. You get the cop sailor uh Indian etc. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, funny. wait a minute. <laughs> they like the producers has a bunch of good bits. I just wish it wasn't as long and like their jokes landed more through through and through. But there are a bunch of good bits like that that I really enjoy. And it's like the it's interesting because they're like little things that the movie doesn't really call attention to. They just like they, no, they let you like if you're in on the joke, you're in on the joke sort of thing, which I think is was pretty Jake, fun. I think it's so funny that you think the music and the producers is long. I think all of the songs in Les Mis are so long. <laughs> like, I guess they're like pretty to listen to. Maybe but you I don't did like, listen to them and point really care about them. I like I, I just think it's weird that you like, I don't know. I just think it's so funny that you have no connection to these two movies that I love the music in and you just like actively dislike it. I don't like actively dislike, like I'm sure if I listen to it, I just, when I rewatch them for this, I think it's although that's important though, because remember when I first watched these, when I was like a kid or like younger or just younger, I loved these two movies. I remember loving the producers of Rodel Dorado. It's just, it just so happened when I watched it now, which is like just a sign of whenever you watch it, I just didn't enjoy it as much. And I can't ignore that fact. Maybe if I watch it again, in a couple months or a year, I'd be like, oh, wait, yeah, I like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, taste change, things change. And I guess I just didn't resonate hardcore this time, which is unfortunate. I wanted to. And watching it specifically through the lens of the bracket and everything else in the bracket. Yeah, it definitely changes. Yeah. things. One last little thing I want to call out from the producers <laughs> um, <laughs> in the, the meeting with the uh, director um, during Keep It Gay. I can't remember which character says it. I think it might right right after the song. Um, they call our leading duo uh, ungrateful breeders. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that is funny. the funniest shit. It's the best insult for <laughs> ungrateful for breeder. Couple. Like, it's such a. It's so funny. Yeah. Genuinely so funny good. lines in producers that I laughed out loud to. Still, the best one is why bloom? Why go so far? Go so far right. right. Yeah. <laughs> That shit. Also, I <laughs> didn't realize me. Uma Thurman was so tall. She's tall. She's tall and I well, think Matthew Roderick and Nathan Lane, I think, are also pretty They're short. Also very men. short. That's true. I think Uma Thurman, though, is like she's like five she ten, five eleven. She's like yeah, she's pretty tall. Well, it makes me wonder how tall Ethan Hawke is. I'm gonna uh, rewatch Gattaca. I'm gonna put Gattaca in a bracket. Dude, I thought for Gattaca. <laughs> Watched it for that one philosophy class. <laughs> We should put Ape Genius in a bracket. Anyway, are you guys <laughs> um, you guys ready to vote? Um, I can I can go first because I think it's pretty clear. I'm voting for the Road to El Dorado. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess I'm voting for the producers just because I just can't. Yeah, that's fair. Cute little boy. <laughs> it all comes down to me. What am I going to vote for? No one knows. I mean, knowing <laughs> Alex, he's probably going to go for whatever's horniest. Um, you know, that's just I'll, his character. Jake, I'm cutting that out. Up. Jake, I'm going to cut that out. I'm voting for the road to El Dorado. <laughs> <laughs> my, my man doesn't want to be libeled. <laughs> wow, what a horny pick you just gave, Alex. <laughs> I, I hate you so much. Um, 
there is a lot to compare uh, when we get to the horniness and the Rundell Dorado's versus Les Mis. Yeah. We'll save it. We'll save it. We'll save it, but you're right. I've got things. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm so excited. I think it's a funny match. I actually really like this finale, guys. It's pretty it's hilarious pretty how these two movies... I would have never, like, never guessed these two movies yeah, would be in the no, finale. This, I never would have picked these two movies to be the finale. That is hysterical. <laughs> this is pure shock factor. We're, we're all ghouls, and I love us so much. Thank you guys, audience, for being honest in this ride. I hope you're ready for the finale of Les Mis versus The Road to El Dorado. Oh, what the hell? That's wild. Um, Thank you so much for bearing with us through this conversation. If you're very furious at our decisions, um, you know. Honorable mentions are going to be soon. So you could have your voice be heard then. Yeah, let us know the movies that you. we've got a social media. We have social media. Tweet at us, Instagram, direct message us. Um, I don't know, email us, toughcutpod at gmail.com. Yeah, I haven't plugged that in a while. Yeah, it's been a bit. Do we get emails? I don't check our email. Does anyone check our email? <laughs> I do occasionally. No, we haven't. We get emails from those people that are like, "You're having a podcast. Let me build your website." And it's just like, I don't want to, Craig. I already have a website. Real talk. Should we advertise with that ball shaving company? <laughs> That'd be really funny. <laughs> hey, audience. Should we advertise with ball shaving company? Yeah, let us we know. Care. We. We're anti-ad here at the Tough Cut, but also ball shaving. Funny? <laughs> Funny? Could be good. Question Could be good. mark? Do you think Miguel and Tulio are shaved? Tweet at us. Ooh, one of them definitely is. One of them definitely isn't. Audience can decide. <laughs> I think they have the biggest bushes around. Um, bigger than that jungle they went through. All right. Anything else we have to say? 